0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. Um, Today, I am really excited for a a number of reasons. Uh, One is I'm doing a do-over here right now. So (laughs) uh, I've I've got one of the most gracious guests that I've had in a long time. And I say that not just because he's graciously agreed to do a do-over with me because I screwed up the recording last time, but just because of who he is and how he actually approaches the... uh, the way he leads his organization. Uh, Gary Ridge is the uh, chairman and CEO of a company that you have. I will guarantee you've heard of WD Forty. Um, it's an amazing company. He's uh, been with the company for uh, what twenty, what twenty-three years.
1: Twenty-three years 23, as CEO with the company, years. nearly thirty-five years.
0: Nearly thirty-five, yeah. And you've taken it from. Uh, uh, multi-million dollar to billion, you know, $3 billion uh, company right now. So Gary, I want to just thank you again for showing up, for being uh, gracious enough to say yes one more time. And it's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. No, and you know, I didn't do this. It was uh, all the people that I work with that do it. I'm not that smart. <laughs>
0: And that's one of the things that I like about uh, this is, uh, you know, I get to talk to humble people that are doing an absolutely amazing thing with some phenomenal teams. So the the idea of the soul of business is, you know, how do we keep connected as we grow uh, an organization to that that esprit, to that spark that just kind of created the company in an entrepreneur's mind to begin with. And, and WD-40 goes back to the 1950s when it was you know, literally called Rocket Chemical. 1953, it got set up. Uh, entrepreneurs uh, looking for a way to just kind of work with the, uh, the uh, burgeoning uh, aerospace industry. There was a spark of interest. Uh, this this research thing. Yeah, how have you kept the company connected to that? What I call the soul of the business.
1: Well, you know, we were born from rocket science, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and you're right. WD forty was invented to stop uh, corrosion and condensation in the umbilical cord of the Atlas space rocket. So from day one, we were creating positive, lasting memories. And you know our our purpose is to create positive lasting memories by solving problems in factories, homes and workshops around the world. So, <clears throat> you know, there's nothing better than, than a memory. And uh, uh, you know, it would be fairly boring if we said we sell oil in a can. No, we, we're in the memories business.
0: See. And those of you that are listening, I mean, yeah, when you're looking at the soul of business, for me, and, and I didn't ask this question directly, so I'll put some words in your mouth here. But the soul of business very seldom, if ever, is inherent in the what we do uh, from a practical standpoint. It's more about the esoteric. Yeah. Yeah. Memories. Yeah, memories. I mean, yeah. how, do we, how do we package that? And, that, and that? and that's what makes you different from other companies is adherence to that, 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 uh, that articulation of, of why you exist.
1: Yeah, and I think also, you know, again, imagine a place where you go to work every day, you make a contribution to something bigger than yourself, you learn something new, you're protected and set free by a compelling set of values, and you go home happy. Happy people create happy families, happy families create happy communities, and happy communities create a happy world. So, you know, we think about our our purpose, we call ourselves a tribe, not a team. So what does that mean? It's a group of people who come together to protect and feed each other. So there's more to what we do and how we do it than just what's in the can, which is a, a great can. Um, it's about you know creating an environment where people can you know, step into their be- the best version of their personal self every day and feel good about it.
0: You know, um, you and I have a mutual friend in common, Ken Blanchard, um, and uh, you co-wrote a book with him, um, helping people win at work. A business philosophy called "Don't Mark My Paper, Help Me Get an A." And, and there's actually techniques in that book about how to go about doing what you were just describing, creating a tribe, you know, the care and feeding of this collective. Uh, so people are happy. Um, I want to uh, unbundle that a little bit, if we could, you know, first of all, what, what, what compelled you to write it? And then secondly, how did uh, you and, and Ken actually put that thing together so that it was digestible? Yeah, sure. So
1: when I got the, I was given the privilege to lead as CEO back in 1997 i looked around and i said you know how do we create an enduring culture how do we create a, a, an enduring business over time and it really is all about the will of the people you know how do you how, how do you have a a passion in the organization so i looked around and i went back to school i went to the university of san diego I did a masters degree in leadership and Ken was my professor in the program is a joint program between the Ken Blanchard companies and University of San Diego and that's where I was really introduced to the 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 real essence of what Ken is which is servant leadership mm-hmm. so you know I bought into that and we started to implement some of the servant leadership uh, philosophy you know it's it's not about your ego, it's about your empathy, all of these things. In one of the classes, Ken was talking about when he was a professor. And he said, you know, I used to get in in trouble all the time from the the academic staff, because I would hand out the final paper for the class at the beginning of the class. And they'd say, what the hell are you doing, Blanchard, giving them the final paper? He said, not only am I giving them the final paper, we're going to spend the next however many weeks together learning the answers. And that to me went that really struck a note with me, because I looked around organizations, and they had antiquated um, impractical review systems that really were driven by having a meeting with someone at the end of the year, and doing nothing along the way to help that people, you know, really achieve. So, we said, you know, life is, is not about some, you know, stupid distribution system. It's about helping people get A's. And the first part of that is, what does an A look like? So, you know, our book is based on really having an understanding of what do you expect from me? What do I expect from you? How do we then, you know, make sure that we're meeting each other's expectations? And me as your leader and, and at our company, we don't have managers, they're coaches, so my job as the coach is to help you play your best game. So what does a coach do? A coach spends a lot of time on the sideline, a lot of time in the locker room, never running on the field, in particular, never going to the podium to pick up the prize.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, there's you, know, you kind of you know, triggered a memory. I, I did a lot of work with, in the AT&T or the old AT&T system you know, after divestiture. And I remember working with one of the Baby Bells uh, a number of years yeah, into that work that I was doing, and we were talking about, uh, and it was in a leadership development program that I was uh, work, you know, running with them, and we were talking about performance reviews. And uh, this particular group that we had was, you know, uh, essentially linemen, yeah, uh, hmm. you know, the guys that would go out and string all, you know, string the lines and that kind of stuff. And, and this was up in the uh, north, north. Uh, Northeast part of the US, I think it was Minnesota or Michigan, I forget which one of the baby bells it was, but this uh, this gruff foreman, cigar chomping foreman, he says, oh, I know about these performance reviews. He said, uh, if it's a bad one, I'll take them out into the car and I don't turn the heater on so we can make it a short one and we get out of there. <laughs> and was, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> So how are you? How's your retention working? And he says, "Oh, yeah, we just yeah, we, we just burn through these people." <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's a shame.
0: <laughs> oh, no, well, I mean, it really was. If it wasn't, uh, yeah, know, was, yeah, so so unfortunate. It would have been funny. But, yeah, exactly,
1: uh, exactly. Well, you know, again,
0: what the they were dealing with.
1: Again, you know, our our job is to you know, my job as the coach is to um, you know, look for the opportunities to help the other person, the person I'm coaching, be successful. What roadblocks? You know, a a typical conversation, and we have these conversations on an ongoing basis, at least every ninety days. Is what roadblocks are getting in your way, Blaine? What's what's stopping you from getting there? Is it how can I help you? You know, achieve now. You know, if there's areas where the there's obvious performance issues, well, that's when you've got to do some redirection, and uh, and you've got to be brave enough to do that. And unfortunately a lot of leaders aren't brave enough to do that. When they go into a conversation to redirect people, they're actually more uncomfortable than the person they want to redirect. But what I've learned over time is the more you love and care about someone, the more important that conversation is. So if our job here is to help people get A's, then the coach has to be brave enough to to have that conversation, redirection, encouragement, and they've got to do it in a in a compassionate, uh, empathetic, not ego-driven way.
0: You know, that's, you yeah, know, that, that ego-driven way and, and the, the aversion to having that difficult conversation, you know, it's, it's kind of embedded in the, the, I think the archaic notion that a leader is supposed to have all the answers all the time. <laughs> and you've got a wonderful way of describing how you actually position yourself as the, uh, the CEO, the formal leader in the company. Uh, probably, yeah. So I'll, I'll just let you voice it because you do a far better job with <laughs> it than I than I so, do.
1: So. I'll give you my official introduction line. G'day, I'm Gary Ridge, the consciously incompetent, probably wrong and roughly right chairman and CEO of WD-40 Company.
0: <laughs>
1: and I have many scar-, scar tissues to prove that I'm probably wrong and roughly right.
0: And roughly right. And it's that that reliance on your gut um, and, and because you don't get to be CEO of a multi-billion you know, dollar company that has offices or actually a presence in 176 countries, I believe. Correct. If you're not roughly right, a large majority of the time. But you do this. And, and this is what I'm so intrigued with about what you've done with WD-40, Gary, is it, it's not you. I mean, you 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 really come back to the team over and over and over again. Um, I'm curious about how you've developed your senior leadership talent because your 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 retention is pretty high. I mean, you, you know, and, and we're gonna move into a conversation about engagement here in just a minute, but yeah, you've got people that have been with you for decades. Uh, how have you developed, um, I'm going to just use you know, the, the placeholder of leadership because not leadership doesn't just reside with you and C-suite. It, you know, in, the way, in my conversations with you, my experience is, and my guess is, it resides throughout the body of the organization. Sure, sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah. How, uh, how would you accomplish that? So it's not just role-specific. Specific.
1: Well, I guess it comes down to, firstly, you know, are, are we as a leadership group dedicated to our people? Do we absolutely... Agree zero tolerance. That it's all about the people. You know, if an organisation has a great strategy, let's let's take the strategy to Harvard and have them you know score it out of hundred, and comes back and you get seventy out of hundred. But the will of the people is low, like ten out of hundred. Ten times seventy is seven hundred. Most strategies are probably wrong and roughly right, so let's score at, at fifty. But if you have the will of the people at ninety. 90 times 50 is 4,500. So the first thing is, are we committed to the fact that we will be successful, not because of our egos personally, but because we are empowering and, and developing our people, number one. Number two, do you have a clear purpose? And have we all bought into that purpose? I've shared our purpose. Number three, do you have a compelling set of values that not only Protect people, but set them free. Allow them to make their decisions. Allow them to do what they need to do without, as Ken Blanchard would say, quacking up the hierarchy, quack, 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 where's my boss? Quack, quack, quack. And then you get to what Ken calls the, the grand mallard, quack, quack, quack. You know, that's the goal of the ego. And then finally, do we embrace the fact that we 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 want to have low fear in the organization. And, and most fear is linked to the fear of failure. So we don't make mistakes at WD40 company, we've never made a mistake in our life. What we have are learning moments. Mm -hmm. And a learning moment is a positive or negative outcome of any situation that has to be openly and freely shared with all people. And we've had plenty of them. But it means people so it's, it's a matter of taking all of those elements in our leadership team and saying, okay, we sign up, zero tolerance, that's what we're here for. Um, mm-hmm. So that's basically, you know, the way we, we've approached it.
0: Now, you're talking about walking the walk, not just uh, walking the talk, not just talking the talk. There's there's this thing, yeah, Dan Pink um, has got a... Uh, a notion around engagement, um, in, in, in really about intrinsic motivation. Yeah. You know, how do you, you know, instead of carrot and stick, if you can organize around autonomy, purpose, and um mastery, people's desire to master something in their lives. My guess would be, and again, you know, push back on me on this, but this is essentially the work ethos within the WD40 or you know community, uh, the, the, the team, you know, your whole set. You know, mastery, you know, do what you're doing and do it well. Uh, autonomy, you know better than I am. I mean, it's kind of like, you're on the, you're on the line. You know, you, you know how to make this thing happen. You know what resources are needed. And then you know, continuing to come back to purpose, which is where you spoke about the values. Uh, how hard has it been? Because, you know, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm familiar with manufacturing companies. And even though rocket science is a part of this, uh, most people, or many people, I will say most people, many people think you know, that you know, a manufacturing type organization, you're not going to get people that are stepping up to that, that bar that way. How, how have you made that possible for people to say, I'm in, and I mean I'm really in? Because, again, from an you know, engagement and retention standpoint, not just at the managerial or you know, the, the coach level, You've got people that, you know, throughout the organization, stay with the organization because it's one of the best places in the world to work.
1: Well, it comes back again to our purpose and talking about, you know, we're not just making oil in a can, we're creating positive, lasting memories. So, and then being able to share those memories, share those those accomplishments, show how we're making life better, you know, our just cause, just simple things, our just cause. To make life better at home and at work, so we make life better at home for our tribe members, and at work for our tribe members, and at home for the people who use our products, and at work for the people who use our products, and we talk about it, and you know we're storytellers. We're sharing, you know, the many many you know, pieces of feedback we get on how we're actually making someone's life better, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about making
0: life better. We're going to take a real quick break here. When we come back, I want to you know, look at that making life better through the lens of the soul of the business and really what, what's the purpose of business. Mm-hmm. So I'll be right back talking with Gary Ridge, uh, CEO and chairman of WD-40. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on leadership mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week-long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind Program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. Uh, Gary, I want to just pick up where we kind of left off. Um, The idea of making life better. Um, I've got a personal bias that says that the purpose of business is not to make money. If you're making money, you're probably going to be doing something right in this way. In that way is if you're actually making life better for the people that are consuming your product or your service, they'll beat a door, you know, they'll, they'll literally beat a path to your door. And, I, you know, so you, you were talking about that just before our break here, um, but making life better at home and at work, Your employee engagement scores, and this is where I want to just kind of, because again, as a a quote-unquote manufacturing company, oil in a can, so to speak, to to have the kinds of engagement scores that you have, employee engagement, emotional engagement, Gallup does, and for those of you that are listening here, Gallup does a survey every year, and I've been doing it for 20-some odd years that I'm familiar with, uh, the average disengagement score globally is about 87 to 92 percent. It just kind of varies about you know, in, in that threshold, and companies around the world spend about 42, 43 billion dollars annually on leadership development work to 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 move the dial on that uh, or to move the needle on that dial. They want to get more employee engagement. Um, you have done something very unique, I think, um, Starbucks also, I I spent five years working with Starbucks and they've got some very high engagement scores as well. Howard's done an amazing job there. What, what have you done that, and and I think it's kind of in the, in, in some of the conversation we've had here, but specifically, can you point to two or three things that you've done with your tribe, um, that encourages people to emotionally engage with what they're doing Yeah, on on a daily basis.
1: Aristotle was born in 384 BC and Aristotle said, pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. And profit is the applause of people doing great work. So it's pretty simple to us is that our job is to create that environment where people actually enjoy doing what they're doing because they're treated with respect and dignity. You know, there's four pillars, care, candor, accountability, and responsibility. If you work for a WD-40 company, we care about you. Our ego doesn't eat our empathy. Our empathy eats our ego. Our role is to help you have the best life you can possibly have. Now, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's it's okay. The second one is candor. No lying, no faking, no hiding. I believe most people don't lie. I believe in you know, organizations people fake and hide why because of fear they they are afraid of you know n- not being recognized for you know, what they're doing ken blanchard often says it's it's a shame the only reason people know they're doing a good job is because no one yelled at them today but you know w- we all like to belong you know maslow's hierarchy to self actualization the first two rungs of those are, that is am i safe and will i eat the third one is loving or belonging. Or oh, don't use those words, the word love in business. My goodness, that would be so bad. But we love our people. You know, Simon Senek yeah. says leadership is not about being in charge, it's about taking care of people in your charge. Bob Chapman from Barry Weimiller says everybody who walks in the door is someone's precious child. You know, we say everyone that walks in the door is someone's precious child, husband, wife, auntie, uncle, cousin, brother, sister, whatever. So, you know, it's about really having that, that care. So care, accountability. People want to feel like they accomplish. So let's be very clear what we're going to hold each other accountable for. And let's celebrate. Let's, let's, you know, let's really be proud of our achievement. And then finally, responsibility. You know, we have a responsibility to each other in the tribe as a group of people who come together to protect and feed each other. So we have to live up to that which is really important. And that's how we get a 93% employee engagement. 98% of our people globally say they love to tell people they work at WD-40 company. And 97% say something that I think is really cool. They say they actually trust their coach or respect their coach, which is their boss. How many... Most people leave organizations because they hate their boss. Oh, and one other thing, 98% of them are excited about the future.
0: <laughs> Go to the bank with that one. You know, uh, Mackenzie did a survey. You know, this goes back, I think, uh, three or four years ago. Self, self-rated survey, uh, leaders around the world. Are they inspiring and are they trusted? Mm-hmm. And self-reported. They said, you yeah, know, and I think it was uh, uh, right in the neighborhood of 72% said, yes, I'm an inspiring leader. My, my people trust me. Gallup did the same sort of, yeah, sort of thing. It was absolutely reversed. Absolutely, absolutely reversed. Yeah. So the, <laughs> this is where authenticity starts to be a real interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you, know, you, you quoted Aristotle, uh, and go to the Greek Delphi, yeah, know thyself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a really good prescription for effective leadership, and you know, mm-hmm. know thyself first.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a lovely, I just want to share you with a lovely practice that links to that is, yes, um, you know, Marshall Goldsmith, um, who wrote the book, I, I What Got You Here Won't Get You There, and I'm in his 100 Coaches Group. You know, one of the things that he shared some time ago is this question, and I think all leaders should ask themselves this question: Am I being the person I want to be right now? Because as a leader, you will be someone else, and then ask yourself, what do what do I want to be? Now, I have a little notebook here that I that I use, and I have that on the front of my notebook. And it says, so what do I want to be? And I have to keep reminding myself of this. I want to be caring. I want to be empathetic. I want to be reasonable. I want to be a listener. I want to be fact-based. I want to be balanced. And I want to be a curious learner. And I look at that list, I don't know how many times a day, because I'm human. If I don't remind myself of who who I want to be, the environment will, will attract me to be something else And once I realize that I'm being the person I don't want to be, it's probably too late because I don't want to be that other person. I want to be this person.
0: Yeah, you're you're talking about awareness. You're talking about noticing and you're talking about a discipline, a certain kind of discipline that positions you as a leader to actually excel. And and, yeah, I I made a distinction not too long ago in some of the work that I was doing with uh, a program I put together that most, and and I believe that this is true, most most people approach life in the same way that an amateur would approach life, doing just enough to get by. They do just enough so that they don't uh, get called out. They do just enough so that they're not embarrassed. A professional, on the other hand, will do whatever it takes to excel, not be perfect. Mm -hmm. Big difference between them, to excel. And how do they do that? Well, they have these little reminders. They have ways that they keep themselves trued up. And... That's inculcated in the values of the organization as well, uh, in my experience. In organizations that are truly uh, excelling, have explicit values that aren't just artwork on the wall. Right. They That's why we have, have ours,
1: so that people can rely on those. You know, We say you can make any decision you want to make in the company at any level you want, as long as you use our values as your guideposts.
0: You know, can you talk about that a little bit? Because uh, one of our previous conversations, you were really adamant about this, and I love the way that these actually were done in practice. Values in practice as opposed to values being just oh, yeah. artwork.
1: Well, values should be written on the most coffee-stained piece of paper. Actually, ours are embedded in our, in our tribal uh, talent development system. So every, every 90 days... We ask people to tell us how they lived our values. So we only have two measures. You either live or you visit. And we don't want a lot of visitors. We want people who live them. And they're hierarchical. The number one value is we value doing the right thing. Number two is we value creating positive, lasting memories in all our our relationships. Number three is we we, we value making it better than it is today. The sixth value is we value sustaining the WD-40 economy which as a public company, you might think our first value should be, we value making profit. But if we live these values every day, the sixth one will be automatic. It'll happen. So, you know, another one is we we value uh, succeeding as a tribe while excelling as individuals. So again, and each one of these values has a paragraph that describes what that really means. Because doing the right thing in the mind of someone in Europe or China or Australia or the US or Latin America may be different than somewhere else. So we actually describe what it means. What is it to us? This is what doing the right thing is to
0: us. Yeah. It opens up a conversation. And this is, this is what I was particularly hoping that we would land on here. I remember when I, was, uh, I, I led a, a major chunk of Nokia's global leadership development initiative back in the late 90s early early 2000s and I was struck by um, the fact and this was early on in my tenure with them every meeting and I can't I cannot think of a meeting where this did not occur every meeting you know, if there was a decision to be made it was vetted through the lens of the values uh, beginning and then was hierarchical respect for the individual you know, was the number one be humble, that was a very unique finish value. I mean, that came into play too. And to your point, they were starting to globally expand in the, you know, the mid 90s, they didn't necessarily have the footprint at all that they had eventually by the, the early 2000s. Um, so China was different in terms of respect for the individual than a, uh, a German uh, would be. Right. right. It wasn't a rubber stamp, one size fits all. It was an invitation to have a conversation About how does this actually play out in in real life?
1: And I can give you, it was wonderful. I can give you a beautiful example of that. So, our number two value is we value creating positive, lasting memories in all of our relationships. And here's how you can put a value into action. So, some time back, we were having a meeting somewhere, and there was someone in the room that was not creating positive, lasting memories, a dear, loved tribe member that was having a really bad morning. So, at the end of the conversation, I said to this person, Hey, Let's go for a walk. So we walked out into the parking lot and I looked under a car and in a trash can and behind a tree. And the person said, what the hell are you doing? I said, the person I know and love was not in that room today. You weren't creating positive lasting memories. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? And we had a beautiful coaching conversation. You know, there were some things that had happened that day that weren't good. You know, we we, we reminded ourselves that you know, that's why our values was there, were there. That person went back in and, and approached a couple of people that were at that meeting and said, hey, sorry, having a bad morning. You know that's not me. I didn't mean to do that. Mm, fine. The next morning, I observed people that were in that meeting were going to that person and saying, are you okay today? Is there anything I can do for you? Is, it, you know, is everything all right? I'm, I, I want to make sure you're okay. Now, if we wouldn't have had that value, how would we have approached that meeting? Number one, we may not have done anything about it. We may have just let it go. So that toxin, that emotional toxin, would have continued to spread itself around the organization for the whole day. Or we would not have had a platform to be able to approach it in a meaningful way that we both agreed on, which was so important. Uh, That's values in action.
0: That's values in action. And it permeates through the entire organization. It is not an accident that you have a 93% emotional engagement score, quote, unquote. You know, we're scoring things all the time. But that translates into fungible results. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, uh, turnover, I mean, both in terms of revenue, but also in terms of you know, no turnover in staff and employee groups in uh, your tribe. Uh, Gary, I, I love talking with you. I would lo- I could go on forever with this and I want to be respectful of your sure. time. Um, folks, we've been listening to Gary Ridge, uh, CEO and chairman of uh, WD-40 uh, Companies. Uh, how are you leaving it better than you found it? You've been there for 35 years. How are you leaving it better than you found it?
1: Well, I'm building an enduring company that we can hand on to others. You know, we're playing the infinite game. It's all about the next step. So, you know, I think that the difference we've made here to help people's lives be better will be continued because we will continue to help people go home happy. And that's how I would like to leave here eventually. Uh, Not that I'm planning on going anywhere tomorrow, but um, eventually, uh, you know, we, we have a responsibility as leaders. We can change the world. We really can. We have more influence than anybody else. Governments can't do it anymore. We can do it. And we need to think about that as leaders. We can change the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the, the future of business is making the future its business.
1: There you go. I love that.
0: So on that note, you've been listening to The Solar Business with Blaine Bartlett. Guest uh, today, the uh, incredible, uh, probably wrong... Roughly right. Roughly right. Chairman and CEO of the WD-40 companies, Yeah, Gary Ridge. Um, tune in uh, on the next episode. And again, I want to thank you for listening and check out my website, BlaineBartlett.com. There's stuff on there that you're going to enjoy you know, digging into. So we'll see you on the next, uh, on the next iteration, folks. Take care. Bye.